Welcome back to the Healthy Business Podcast. I'd like to thank David Merrill, the president of North Forest Office Space, for coming on in the previous interview. Thank you, Dave. I appreciate your time, and hopefully the uh, rent collections for May went well. I'm assuming they did, considering that North Forest Office Space does such a great job at communicating with their customers. Uh, definitely something that everybody should take away from that that interview. If you want to see it, it's the the previous interview. Next, I have Lori Miller, the owner of Developing Professionals. I've got a little treat for you because uh, right now, many business owners are struggling with employees that do not want to come back to work because they're making more money at home, receiving the uh, the state unemployment plus the extra $600 from the, the government. So she's going to explain to you what you can and cannot do as an employer. And uh, she's also going to tell us about the new infectious disease control policy rules that we're all going to have to deal with as uh, business owners um, and uh, what's going to be needed to be added to your employee uh, manuals, plus new FMLA rules. So you want to you wanna be, be uh, listening to that one because this is going to affect every business, even if you have one employee. So the rules associated with 50 employees and more have now changed. You want to hear this interview. Next up, Lori Miller, the owner of Developing Professionals. Okay, I'm here with Lori Miller, the owner of Developing Professionals. Lori, thanks for coming on. Can you uh, just tell us a little bit more about yourself and uh, a little bit more about Developing Professionals, please? Uh, yes, thank you. Glad to be here. And so Developing Professionals is a training and development company that I started um, 16 years ago. Actually, April is my anniversary. So um, basically what I do is I provide soft skills training um, in organizations um, in like six different areas like management development, leadership development, customer service, team building, um, HR, and team building. So about 60% of my uh, business is customized training and development programs. And then about the other 40%, I do uh, executive coaching and um, some HR, OD, organizational development uh, consulting. So that's kind of a an overview of, of, of what I do for a living. Okay. So then what you do typically you're, you're, you're in big groups. Usually that's part of your business model. How, how so with everything that's going on with COVID-19, how do you see, what adjustments do you see in your business model that you feel you're going to need to make? Yeah. So, so, so typically when we do training, we have CLT training, classroom led training. And of course there's web-based platforms. And um, my, of course, was being in front of an audience. That's what I do for a living. I perform, I'm on stage. You know, you have that connectivity. It's skill development, it's behavioral competencies. So I see what we've just experienced over the last month, month and a half, that classroom-led training is pretty much gonna be coming to a halt. Even when we actually transition and we start going through these phases, um, I know I've worked with and talked with some of my clients, you still gotta honor that six feet distancing. So even if you do classroom-led training, you're going to have to make sure your seats are spaced far enough apart um, so you, you, you're experiencing that social distancing. Um, also, typically when we do training, um, when you use adult learning techniques, 
The audience needs to be involved like every 10 minutes. I do a lot of interactive activities, do pair work, group ex exercises or getting up and moving around. I have to change typically how I'm delivering training. And that's gonna go for a lot of trainers and a lot of HR professionals that have to provide training on site for their staff. So right now what I've been doing is of course using Zoom. There's plenty of other wonderful platforms out there, but um, talking with other professionals, um, Zoom is the best platform um, for doing any type of training and interactive uh, work like we're doing uh, here today. So um, I'm, I'm converting all my training right now to Zoom. Um, and then my plan is down the road as I'm working with the new normal, um, working with my clients to see what we need to do to virtual training. And then not only doing smaller individuals in the training via virtual platform, we also then blended them with some one-on-one -on -one coaching also using this platform. And working with a lot of millennials now, um, by 2025, 55% of our population are gonna be millennials. And millennials like the one-on-one -on -one coaching and development, and they're used to this virtual platform. So I think it's gonna be a really good, effective transition as we start seeing how blended training, blended learning will be through this new uh, platform via online learning. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely accelerating now, isn't it? Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. I, uh, now I know you're dealing with a lot of HR issues um, and uh, with uh, everything that's going on with COVID-19, um, speaking of acceleration, there's just so much happening in, in such yeah. a short period of time. Uh, one thing that I'm seeing with my clients often right now is that uh, they are struggling with employees that don't want to work yep. because they're essentially making more money with uh, what they're getting from the state and the extra $600 from the government. What do you suggest that they do in situations like that? You know, it's a great question um, and it's a great concern. And I know talking with a lot of my clients, customers, colleagues, family members, you know, it actually is encouraging people to stay home. And just about that $600, and I'm sure people are aware, you know, with standard unemployment, you file a claim, it's typically 26 weeks, it's about 50% of what you make. Um, and then it's, it's, it's a gap until you can get employment, right? So you can survive, you know, individually or as your family. So what happened with COVID-19, of course, all these people were being laid off and furloughed. So they added on part of the PUA, the Pandemic Unemployment Assistance Program, they added on an additional 13 weeks of coverage. So now you can have up to 39 weeks of unemployment. All right. The reason that they then added an additional $600 is because they wanted to make sure that people weren't going out because of the stay-at-home order. So they wanted to make sure that they had enough coverage so we could still make sure that we're, we're, we're staying at home, we're not going out and looking for unemployment. Now that will expire July 31st. So at that point, individuals then be back on just the standard unemployment up to 39 weeks of coverage in one calendar year. I actually factored out. So the minimum is 104, the maximum is 504 that you can actually get in a given week based on the factor analysis that the Department of Labor does. So even if you did the maximum $504, under that 39-week time period, you're really only making $19,656. You got the $600 too that you can add on to that, but that's gonna run out on July 31st. 
So the problem that employers have right now is in order to get people to want to come back to work, they're going to have to provide some type of incentive. With that PUA, as I mentioned, I've been doing a lot of research under this. Who is eligible under the PUA? Um, if anybody has been exposed to COVID-19, if they're providing for a, a, a child at home, they're covered. So there's like, um, I believe, 10 different quantifiers. So you can't force people to look for a job. You, you, you can't do anything about it because under this PUA, they're actually covered. So unfortunately for employers at this point in time, unless they're providing incentives for individuals to come back to work, until that $600 is, is off the table, I think it's gonna be very difficult and, and, and they can't force a person to come back to work, especially if they fall under this eligibility with this PUA. And, and what does the PUA stand for? Yeah, that's the Pandemic Unemployment Assistance Program. And that was one of the programs that was actually put in place under this CARES and this billion dollars of money that they fed into the system. Um, so, so there is eligibility for that. So if by chance, let's say I can't go to work, I have a child at home, we're not opening up the schools, I'm eligible to actually get unemployment under this because in any of your employees that you laid off, they can't come back to work, you can't force them. So unfortunately, many organizations, their hands are tied. Mm. The good news is though that people want to go back to work organizations can be able to cherry pack. There's people that want to go back to work. They're stuck at home. They want to make a living. And the people that are going out there first and getting the jobs are the ones that are going to have gainful employment and have sustainability. What's happening, this is my prediction, organizations are becoming more efficient. There's not going to be as many jobs as we had in the past. Mm -hmm. So the cream of the crop, the ones that are out there first, they're going to get the jobs and eventually this unemployment is going to run out. And then people aren't going to have an opportunity to go back to work. Yeah. So... So yeah. that's the, that's my that's my judgment. And that's my interpretation. Yeah, I'm seeing that too, and and I agree with you. I I think that uh, a lot of uh, employees are being very short sighted, yeah. and perhaps they don't they don't recognize the change that's happening right before all of our eyes, and um and all of the there's like 30 million now people who are placed on unemployment over the last uh, three four weeks. They're not all going back to work because I, I see that efficiency too growing where employees are recognizing they're getting more done with less and uh, they're probably not going to need everybody. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, so um, and, and, and once again, I think what the government tried to do was making sure we, we, we have people that um, can stay at home. They're, they're exercising that stay-at-home order. If they got unemployed, we wanna make sure that they have enough money to food on the table. So this was just a bridge gap. It's eventually going to run out. And so that's gonna be the challenge then. Are they going to continue to offer more money? It's gonna stop at a point in time, so. Right, right. And you're saying right now, there's not much you can do to compete against that through July 31st, is that the date? Yeah, July 31st is when that additional $600, regardless of how much unemployment you're, you're getting, is automatically getting deposited into people's accounts. Got it. Now, what if um, the quarantine ends, and let's say it's June 1st, quarantine ends, everybody gets the opportunity to go back to work. Uh, the ones that are called back, do they lose that 600 at that point? Yeah, so, so if by chance you, you laid off employees, let's say you had a staff of 100 people, you laid off 75% of your workforce, and they're, of course, then collecting unemployment. If you start bringing back people, 
and they will then lose that six months because they're no longer on unemployment. They now have gainful employment. You know, Lori, uh, one of the other uh, issues that I see happening is that a lot of these small business owners are, are receiving their PPP funds. Yeah. They can they can bring back employees, and um, what they're running into is that um, some of these employees are saying they're afraid to come back. They don't want to come back. What does a small business owner do in a situation like that? Yeah, and that's that's a, a tough question. And um, and and a reason excuse being fearful. Um, it, it's it's not a justification for why an individual is refusing to come back to work. Um, however, that's their choice. So if they're currently, well, let's talk about the unemployed, right? Individuals that are unemployed and furloughed. So you want to bring them back. You got the PP, and they refuse to come to work. You know what? That's their choice. We have employment and will within New York State, right? So they don't want to come back to work. Guess what? They don't have a job. And and I'm sure, you know, part of the process when you're on unemployment is you're supposed to be looking for work. However, the state's really not monitoring at that point in time with COVID-19. So, um, so one, they're refusing to come to work. They don't want to come work for like just to buy, you want to bring me into your company, Tony. I don't want to come back. So when you're furloughed unemployed, you're separated from the company. Sorry about that. Um, you're separated from the company and you're refusing to come back to work. So you, you don't have a job. The other part though, with the PPP, with some individuals that are currently um, working, if they did like um, reduced hours and stuff like that, people are fearful. You can require them to actually work. So people that are currently gainfully employed within your organization, right? You've got this PPE. They, they cannot refuse to come to work. Mm. So, so that is for the individuals you currently have working for your organization, uh, refusal to work, you know what, they, ha they have to come to work. And sometimes it's not a reason. And if they don't, um, does the owner have to be the, the bad guy and, and now say, I'm going to just have to contact the state and now you can't receive your unemployment? Yes. So, so, so yes. So, um, so let's say for an example, the person's like, I, I'm done. Um, actually they're quitting, right? So if they refuse to come to work, they're quitting. And mm -hmm. if you quit, you're not eligible for unemployment. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Cause that certainly is a dilemma for business owners because they don't want to play that role in, in this time frame. Uh, yeah. But and, and you want to, employment there's justification they've got maybe an underlying chronic condition or they've got an elderly person that they're taking care of at home you may want to work with them for a temporary they've got vacation pay that they can use um you know paid time off or i'm not sorry not paid time off a leave of absence you, yeah. there's some things that you can do to work with them so um so you got to take a look at it by case by case basis got some it. people will use it as an excuse but if you quit you can't collect unemployment or there may be some things during this time that I may be able to work on. And that's why I go back to your employee handbook. It's so critical. You got to still follow those policies that you have in place. Because yeah. if you do one, you have to do it for everybody. So you got to be consistent with the rules too. So basically, if they refuse to come back, they're, they're basically quitting. Yeah. And then you have, uh, you, what you need to do as a business owner is if you need somebody is to just try to find somebody you can hire. Exactly. And, and I'm going to see more of cross training now. The other thing too, that we didn't talk about, you know, yeah. job descriptions, you know, um, people are now serving in different capacities. So cross training is going to be critical looking at those job descriptions, you know, so now that if you have someone that refused to come to work, I got to get someone to do the job. Now, 
Johnny over here is fulfilling that role, we may not even need to bring back um, someone into that role because now we've got an individual, a job description that's covering additional duties now. So, right. so that's another area business owners need to also take a look at. Excellent. Thank you, Lori. What are some of the other frequently asked questions, some of the things that you're seeing from uh, your clients that they continually are asking? Yeah, um, I, I think, you know, um, right now we're, we're, we're in this, this crisis mode. You know, I did crisis management um, at UPS before I started my own company. And you have a prevention, response, and a restoration phase. So after September 11th, I wrote our crisis management plan. So a lot of different variables, a lot of things that you need to do. So right now, organizations are in this, this, this response mode. What are we doing to get through the next day? However, we're starting to see that there's going to be some phases. You see some states that are opening up. They've got these phases. They're talking with the doctors. What's going to be the appropriate time frame when we start opening up? You're going to see like the construction industry and some of those other, even though they say they're not essential, they are essential, right? Um, you're going to start seeing those opening up. However, organizations now have to put some plans in place as far as what we need to do to make sure we're still not spreading this disease. And, and then until we find a vaccine from all the stuff that I'm reading and researching on, you know, we're really not going to be safe as a society until we have that. So this is something that's not going to go away. So a couple things that um, as we start bringing people back to work, some things that you need to do about, you know, dealing with any exposure. Um, one, you want to make sure that you have some practices in place as far as social distancing. Um, what you want to do is take a look at your break rooms, your meeting rooms, our tables. Do we have seating? Um, also, how are we actually going to interact with our customers? What do we need to do? Um, there's things that you have to do with your physical environment. Are you going to require them to wear a mask? What's your policy on masks? Okay. Also, hand sanitizers at any places. So health and safety, I think, is your first concern. Our physical properties, how we're interacting with each other as employees and employers, and then also how we're dealing with customers, that's first and foremost. You have to start getting into your restoration phase. What do we need to do for that? The other part with your human capital is your, your employees, is what you're in your employee handbook you currently have. Um, if you don't have an HR professional that's on staff, um, if you work with any employment agency, um, I encouraging employers right now, small business owners, making sure they're looking at all of their employee handbook policies and procedures. There is two that they're going to need to have in place, which I'm pretty confident um, they don't have. One, the new policy that they need to have is an infectious disease control policy. Um, sure, which I've launched to the Society for Human Resources Management. Um, they've been ab absolutely fabulous. They have templates and stuff like that. So the companies that I'm working with right now, I'm giving these sample, sample templates. So in an infectious disease control policy, some of the sections you need to consider is limiting travel. What's your travel policy for your employees? What's your policy for telecommuting? Uh, staying home when ill. You know, required a doctor's note. No, you can come to work. You know, you got a little bit of an upper respiratory thing. You know what? It's going to change. Um, and they have the specifics in there of what you need to do when an employee is uh, exhibiting symptoms or when they, that you're requiring them to stay home. Uh, confidentiality of medical information. Um, COVID-19, by, by the way, is a OSHA recordable um, injury. So once again, if someone has experienced COVID-19, you know, we have to record it as an OSHA recordable. 
And then also under this one is the social distancing guidelines for workplace infectious disease outbreaks. So some of the things I was mentioning previously, you know, um, you know, uh, what are we doing for face-to-face -face meetings? Uh, what are we doing when we're in the copier room? So there's rules that you have to now put into place for all the things that you're expecting employees to do when they come to work. Wow. So the one is the infectious disease control policy. And then also the other one that they just, um, in April 1st, and I know this is a lot of information, um, but the um, other policy, where do I have it here? is FMLA. There has been expansion under COVID-19 with FMLA leave expansion. Underneath that is also an emergency paid six leave policy. FMLA, like this new one that I just printed out, is 10 pages, so I'm wow. not going to go through it. Yeah. However, the one thing that I want to mention to your viewers out there, um, with FMLA, this is an expansion to it. Get well versed on it. The two things that I, I want to bring up is they've changed some of the definition of an employer and an employee. So it impacts who's covered, right? So an employer, by definition, went from 50 or more employees to fewer than 500 employees. So this covers all organizations with less than 500 employees. Wow. Yeah. That's significant. That's significant. The other thing, so that one to 50 employer, you have to make this coverage for your employees now. The other thing too is, um, and an employee definition has changed to anyone who's been employed by the employer for at least 30 days. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then the third part about that is basically what it is, is if by chance a person needs to apply for emergency paid sick leave, like for example, they have to quarantine, you as an employer are required to pay them 80 hours of paid six time, which is two weeks. So, That's yeah. Incredible. So, um, and if people, you know, I'm not a, a lawyer, um, but there's information out there. So if you just Google the new FMLA, it went into place April 1st, you gotta make sure you're doing what you legally need to do. Um, and you can print out that information to make sure you're covering. Like I said, I printed this out yesterday from SHRM. Um, and it's 10 pages long. So that's going to be, and, and this is in place till December 31st, 2020. Mm. So, um, and, and if any of your viewers, Tony, um, if anybody, you can make my contact information available. If they want to send me an email, I'll be more than happy to share these policies with them just so they're up to speed. Well, what I was hoping we could do is the, the PUA that you mentioned, along with these templates, if uh, we could throw those in the show notes, along with a, a link, we'll, we'll always have a link to, to you as well. Okay, um, great. But I think that that would be very helpful because uh, this is significant. And, um, you know, not that you're looking for advice from me on, on business model adjustments, but I, mm -hmm. I think you're going to be covered here. <laughs> I mean, oh. you know, most bit small business owners are, are, are going to just, they're going to look at this 10, 20 page you know, FMLA, and they're going to be like, look, let me just hire somebody to help me write this up. Yeah. And, and, you know, uh, and, and, and there's, and I hate to say this in, in, in times of this, it brings out the best in people. And sometimes it brings out the worst. So, so you want to make sure that, you know, you get the help that you need. There's a lot of great people out there. I, I mean, I'm trying to help as many people as I can kind of navigate this, you know, I'm stretching what my knowledge base is right now. Um, but, but, but really you, you need to bring in the people that can really help you and navigate through this, that really want to get us 
all of us business owners, all of us people to the other side safely and effectively and efficiently. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so there's a lot of things. And if you don't have the expertise, find the people that do, that, that can help you during this interim time. Um, and I think that's what we're all trying to do and utilize our talents to the best of our abilities, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, Lori, thank you for that. Um, we are all quarantined uh, and we're in the house with someone. Who are you uh, quarantined with and how's that working out for you? Oh, it's working out great. My wonderful husband, Jim. Um, so, and we don't have any children. We don't have any pets. Um, so it's the two of us. And, and he actually works for uh, National Grid. Um, so he's the underground operations manager for the West Division. So he's working a lot of hours. Um, I have to have a, a call out for our utility companies and, and the stuff that they're doing is absolutely amazing. They're on the front line. They're not like healthcare, but you know, the things that they're having to do to make sure we still have power and, you know, there's still things that they, they need to manage. So it's actually been working great. He goes into the office a couple days a week. They're, they have a very short staff there, but they're field, their operations. And, um, and then at night, you know, we, we like working out. So my office converts to my Les Mills studio and we work out and have nice dinners, good bottle nice. of wine. Very yeah. Nice. yeah very nice. You know, I haven't gone crazy yet. So. Well, that's great to hear. <laughs> um, on your spare time, what, what are you doing? Uh, watching, what are you watching? What are you doing? Yeah, so, um, you know, so funny, I'm like, all these things I was going to do, of course, I got done with all the cleaning, like I've cleaned everything, drawers and stuff. So, um, so usually, well, the working out is really fabulous and, and reading some good books. Um, I'm just reading a book right now that a colleague has given me. I'm a very spiritual person and uh, what my soul told me and like this kind of whole fourth dimension, you know, listening to that inner voice. Um, so I'm doing some good reading um, that I otherwise wouldn't have done. And, um, and also too, you know, for TV Friday night, um, I've never been a binge watcher. I don't watch a lot of TV. However, um, you know, with Netflix, you know, um, me and my husband got through the whole Ozark third season, like nice. I think in two weekends. So, so yeah, so doing some binge watching, finding some new shows and you know what, I just, I think keeping it all in perspective, just taking it one moment at a time. I'm a high energy person. Me and my husband were going all the time, didn't have time for a lot of different stuff. So I'm taking time to pause and reflect that we're not going to have this again. So just you can't change what you can't change. So you just kind of go with the flow. Excellent. Thank you very much. <laughs> the high energy Lori Miller, uh, owner of Developing Professionals. Lori, if people want to get a hold of you, where do they have to go? Okay. So, um, of course, my website is developingprofessionals.com. You can reach me through that. My email is lmiller at developingprofessionals.com. And then, of course, I've, I've got a home-based office, so I've got a typical telephone that you can call. Um, I won't recite it out here. People will remember it anyway. But if you go to my website, my phone is listed there. So um, you can reach out for me via email, my website, or give me a phone call if you need anything. Uh, I'm really here to, to help anybody in any of their needs, especially when it comes to organizational development, organizational principles. Yeah, thank you very much, Lori. Uh, I think you're going to become very busy in a very short period of time. <laughs> I appreciate your time and uh, hope you and uh, your family stay safe. Thank you so much. And, um, and that I'll send you the information so we can get that up so people want to have access to it. Yes, thank you very much. Okay, yeah. excellent. You take care. Thank you. God bless. You too.